Hello, welcome to another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. Northern Ireland have won a game, 1-0 at home to Lithuania. My name's Andy Bell. I have a cold or slash fever. It's not COVID. I've done a lateral flow test, but they are about as reliable as Stephen Cregan's pronunciation of European countries beginning with L. I didn't know if we were playing Luxembourg, Liechtenstein, Lithuania, Latvia tonight. Uh, I swear they were all mentioned at some point, but I am delighted to be joined by uh, Ben Harshaw on to talk about this game. And, and Ben, let's just get stuck straight in. It's it's one of those. It's a decent enough first half. I guess the way to summarise it is for those who don't want Barkov to be in the job, it's not swayed them. For those who think we should hang on to him for six months or beyond, it's not probably swayed them either. It's just probably a little bit important for him to get the win because we know he's getting the new contract. And if we didn't get the win tonight, then it would have looked very, very bad going forward. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, the main the main thing was the victory. Well, certainly if you're if you're Barclough, he had to get that win no matter no matter what way it came. Um, and he did do that. Um, I just well, you going in tonight, I think to be honest with you, you're never going to be a winner. You know, we're expected to beat them. You know, you had everything to lose by by drawing or or worse. Um, and, you know, I didn't feel that we're ever under under threat in the game. I just feel it's a missed opportunity to kind of really stamp our authority and, to, you know, to have a look at some other people too. I suppose the thing that it is important to mention is as well, they do frustrate Switzerland quite a bit in uh, in Geneva. Back uh, about six months ago, they only win one nil over there. I think they hold Italy to a two nil defeat at home, uh, two goals in stoppage time of either half. So you know they they are a team who you know when they go away from home, they are going to just constantly defend, pack everyone behind the ball, and try and frustrate us. And they didn't offer an awful lot going forward. And we will come on to talk about, uh, as I know you want to, the the question as to whether we need three centre halves in these games, but. I mean, I guess at first half is pretty good. We get some decent to clear-cut chances. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were quite clear-cut, but there was some really good interplay between the midfielders. You could tell he picked a team of good technical footballers in the midfield. That showed in the sense that we were able to have a, quite a good control in good areas of the pitch. We were able to get some chances for Washington McGuinness. Um, and maybe are slightly unlucky not to be more than 1-0 up at halftime, I would say. Yeah, I mean, no, the first half was the first half was good. First half was, you know, it was positive. We were moving well, we were moving the ball. Um, no, we were we were creating chances, as you said. And actually, um, I mean, listeners that have heard me before I know I'm not probably Josh McGuinness's biggest fan, but I thought that first half was the best I've seen him play for Northern Ireland for for as long as I can remember, really. Yeah. Um, you know, and and he had a, he, there was one where he, he flicked it near, and the keeper just just pushed it away, and it was a really good. It was a really good movement to get ahead of the head of the defender, mm-hmm. um, and get onto it. You know, so so that was impressive. I thought Connor Washington was was busy as he always is. Um, again, Ali McCann, Ali McCann was wonderful. He was just everywhere. Uh, the the one player that I want to talk about, especially in that first half, although although throughout the game was was Steve Davis because we do not talk about Steve Davis enough. Um, he was absolutely, he, you know, there's not enough superlatives in the world to talk about Steve Davis. I mean, you know, he was just everywhere. He controlled that game. And, you know, there's been talk about him this season, you know, for me watching Rangers and stuff throughout the season, Rangers themselves haven't played very well. Um, but Steve Davis, Steve Davis has been okay. And I think an okay Steve Davis is still a very good player, yeah. but he certainly hasn't been at his level until they played Motherwell week before last and he was just unbelievable in that game and I'm glad to see him sort of continuing and if, if he continues to play like that there's no reason why why he wouldn't continue to play both at club and and international level I don't think I've ever seen a player for Northern Ireland with just such a delicate classy control over a game I mean it, he's one of those players it's, it's quite hard to describe in terms of you know, what he actually does is so good. We know he's tidy in the ball, but he's, he's more than that. He's somebody to put the foot on it when you need to. Albeit, you know, tonight we were trying to get things going as much as we could. But even when there was a hint of them making it slightly awkward for us or getting a little overload in a certain area, Steve Davis was just there with the nice little cushioned header to the fullback with the cushioned pass back to Johnny Evans. It just established that control. And, and they knew every time he got the ball that they were going to have to drop back because they weren't going to get the ball off him. I completely agree. I thought he was he was absolutely super. And you mentioned there about the, the front two. I think we were both a little bit disappointed to see Washington McGuinness start this game. It is a dead rubber. You know, we were playing for absolutely nothing. It was a chance maybe to go for a Washington White or Washington Jones or White Jones front two partnership. 
the type of thing that we saw caused Lithuania serious problems in, in Vilnius. I don't think he overly trusts White or Jones anymore. He gives White the two games at the start of the, the campaign. Italy and Bulgaria, obviously, you know, Bulgaria, we all know what happened. It kind of killed the campaign for us. And since then, he, he doesn't seem to fancy him in that in that front role. And I think part of that is because McGuinness and White are no longer playing together at club level as they were at the time. But I was impressed with the two of them. And it feels weird to say, but as good as they both were, I think simultaneously, I don't think either of them should see the 70-minute mark because their legs do go a little bit. Um, and it felt as though he wanted to make changes but didn't quite trust what was on his bench. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, I mean, that, that is one thing that frustrated me. Um, and it is one thing that does frustrate me about the manager in general is he is not making his subs at the right times. You know, he's waiting too long. And I don't know, as you say, if that's maybe uh, I want to make something, but I don't know what it is, you know. But, you know, if you're an international football manager, you need to know what it is. You know, you also need to go into the game with the plan that, you know, on 60 minutes, this is what I want to do. If the score's one nil, this is what I want to do. If the score's nil nil, blah, blah, blah. You know, you need to have the, you need to have that almost in your head. You know, of course, injuries can happen and things can happen and you have to change that up. But um, no, he needs to be he needs to be far more proactive. Um and, and the subs that he did make. Um, I mean, I, I was looking because the first half we were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't have changed the thing at halftime as he didn't, but it was crying out. I mean, it was it was 24 minutes into the second half. He made his yeah. first subs. And as good as I thought Josh was with his movement and things in the first half, I thought he was pretty terrible after. Um, I thought his touch evaded him afterwards. Um, he'll, he'll run all day for you. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, and he'll work hard and he really does. He, you know, he doesn't leave anything on the pitch when he's playing for another round. But, you know, the subs need to be made. Um, And when he did make those subs, you know, they disappointed me a little bit with who they were. I mean, you know, we we needed something more in an attacking sense. I can understand, um, obviously, you want to get Corey Adams back into the team. He hasn't hasn't played for us for a long time. But in a game game like that where, you know, we know what Corey can do, Mm -hmm. okay, so... Is he going to come on and change the game and really get you back? He'll obviously get his foot in, you know, he's tidy and that, um, but he's not going to be the one to really create that much more to, to open up a game um, and to get us back on the on the attacking front foot continually, you know, and I thought that was the time to maybe try a Galbraith who is now playing at club level. Um, I was going to say, who, who else could you brought on, but I completely forgot Galbraith was in the bench, actually. Or my other option, my other option was, I mean, in my opinion, if we have defenders fit, like centre-backs fit, um, Paddy McNair needs to be in the midfield. Because I know that at club level, I realise that, that he's playing centre-back um, or right-back. But I think he's just too good on the ball and he's too good carrying the ball and going forward. I, to me, he has to be in our midfield. So at that stage... Could you have gone to four four at the back um, and pushed Paddy into the midfield as well? Who who is an engine? I know obviously he got injured later on, but at that stage he wasn't. Um, so that's another option, you know, to drive to 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 bring the ball forward. Yeah, I thought the midfield setup was was quite interesting. I don't think anyone expected to see Savile. I'm not sure what the word is on on Thompson. I assume he wasn't available or or was injured because he he wasn't in the squad. He wasn't on the substitute bench either. Um, but you sort of look at that, and I've been someone who's always said on these podcasts, as you'll know, that I, I sort of think when McNair isn't in the midfield, Savile can thrive a little bit more. He can get a little bit further forward. But Savile was certainly playing the more conservative defensive of the two midfielders either side of Davis because Ali McCann was really breaking the lines and doing the McNair things and getting in those areas and making things happen, which isn't something we've seen as much from Ali McCann. We know he's developing his game. We know, I think, his, his manager at club level, and Barakoff mentioned it recently, he needs to add goals to his game. He needs to add more numbers. We've seen him be a tidy player. We've seen him give us brilliant defensive performances with, when we've been up against against the likes of like Austria away, Norway away in the Nations League when he initially came into the squad. But I thought that was such a really impressive performance from him tonight. And he's ticked another few boxes there from a midfielder from what you want from him. He gets a goal and, you know, we can talk about, about, about whether it's a, a harsh decision. I thought it was slightly harsh, but I can understand why he gives it because I think the keeper is affected by whether McGuinness might stick a toe out and deflect the ball the other way. I can understand it. Um, but, you know, it, that was nothing to do with him. It was a great finish and that would have been a, another international goal for him. And I think there's so many strings to that guy's bow now at such a young age. And he sort of came through at the same time as Galbraith and Lavery and these other players who we were far more excited about because they were maybe more flashy 
um, skillful footballers. But I think Ali McCann for us is 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 just one of the first names on the team sheet every time. Now, and Galbraith will have to buy this time. McCallum will have to buy this time. But McCann right now has that shirt and, and will do for 10 years, I think. Oh, definitely. No, McCallum, McCann's one of my first... I mean, my, my three midfielders, if they're fit at this minute in time, are McNair, Davis and McCann. You know, McCann's, McCann's, McCann hasn't put a foot wrong since since he's come into that team. Um, and at such a young age and inexperienced, you know, but he is, he's growing and he's taking his game to the next level continually. Um, one thing that I would say about him is now this is a big call, and I'm not I'm not saying he's a new Steve Davis, and I'm not comparing him to the Steve Davis. But one thing I would say in comparison, um, contradict myself a little bit there, but uh, one thing I would say is almost what you said there about Davis. McCann can be what he needs to be at the right time, and he seems to know when that is. So he can be that defensive midfielder. He can hold. Yeah. He can break up the play. He can play, play number six a couple passes. of times, doesn't he? Yeah, he can play. He can play the simple passes, but he can also you know, get the game moving. He can, you know, he can switch the play. He can drive with the ball. He's now starting to shoot a wee bit more um, and is looking more of a threat. So he's just an all-round midfielder. And, you know, he's only going to learn by playing with likes of Steve Davis still. And that's maybe why I would like to have seen Galbraith come on maybe for for Savile at that stage whenever he mm. brought Corey Evans on. Because, again, he'll learn by playing with Steve Davis. I mean, Steve, Steve Davis, what you were saying there before, like, um, it's hard to sort of explain, but to me, he's our Javier, he's our Iniesta. You know, he just mm-hmm. he, he knows what to do, when to do it, and he just he just runs the game every time he's on the pitch. And 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 you know, it doesn't matter who's on the pitch against him. You know, I've seen him play in Europe against what you would say bigger players. Um, he did it in Southampton in the Premier League in many games. You know, I think he was I think he was underrated when he was in the Premier League, but. Uh, no, he's just he's just wonderful, and the more that our players, of course, they'll train around him and they'll learn from him too. But the more they're on the pitch playing with him, you know, they'll learn from him. But just on Savile, I, again, I know I, it's, I'm a broken record. I didn't, I'm not his biggest fan either. Who's who, people will be wanting to know who's who I am a fan of? But um, no, I, I actually was impressed with him tonight. You know, I I was I wasn't well. I had a little bit of aggression in the house when I saw that he was starting, I have to be honest. But um no, he was good. He was solid. Um and he, you know, he faded as well um later in the game. But 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 the team sort of lost the grip of the game at that stage. So I think it was right to make a change. You weren't gonna bring Davis off and you weren't gonna bring um McCann off. But uh but no I thought Savile was tidy and also you know he was he was becoming that more of a threat. I mean he's never going to score for us quite clearly. Yeah. Um but uh he, he's not the good thing is you know with, with how much he's been going forward and, and missing chance after chance, he's not afraid to put himself there, which is one thing. I mean it well it has to happen because he scores he scores goals at club level. So you know yeah. it, you know the law of average says it will happen one time. So he he's improving and he's you know he, he impressed me tonight I'd have to say. Yeah, I think the fact he continually gets in those positions shows he is a, an intelligent player. It's not just that the chances happen to fall to him every time. He's getting himself in those positions. He's making those runs. He's knows sort of being in the right place at the right time. And he is one of those, I think, you know, who, who is a, a really important player around our squad. But I mean, people say every squad, you know, when they want someone like Galbraith or McCallum with them, it'd be a little bit more exciting. And you always say who for, um, and everyone says Savile. But in real, realistically, George Savile is always going to be in the Northern Ireland squad. He's playing every week at championship level. He scores goals at championship level. He's rated by the supporters at championship level. Middlesbrough supporters were quite disappointed to see him go. Um, Millwall supporters really like him. He plays every week and he is a good player. And I understand why... Barakov does Savile to an extent because I think he's really worried about the width in that midfield. And I, I always talk about how McCann um, can do sort of anything. He can perform any role. The one thing I will say about McCann is he is very narrow. He is that premonition to come in field. He can play very close to Davis at times in a way that they can sometimes almost become a two, especially when you're playing someone like, uh, well, t- today Savile played the more defensive role, but if you're playing someone like a McNair there or a Tom, certainly a Thompson there, then they do become more of a two and Thompson is a more advanced one. And I think without Thompson tonight, you know, we saw in Lithuania um, for, with the three of them, Thompson was always the one pulling out left, getting the ball, dragging them out of position, had a good relationship with Lewis, had a good relationship with Washington that night. And I think with players on the pitch like Washington and, and like even Ferguson, uh, he maybe doesn't give you quite the width that, that, that Lewis does, certainly not the pace that Lewis does. I think he wants to do someone like that, a natural left footer out there who can who can pick up the ball, get it in areas and and stretch the, the opposition, which is dead important in a game like this when, you know, there, there, there's 11 men behind the ball. You need to do that. 
Um, and I completely agree with you. You know, McCann was the one sort of getting in between the lines and, and doing all the fancy bits and, and did really well. Uh, but Savile's role was was important tonight. And uh, as long as he's sort of trying these things out, um, you know, it's not the most exciting midfield and you'd say he's, he's picked a conservative lineup and we'll come on to talk about a little bit more of that. But he has tried something a little bit different in the midfield there. It's not the most exciting thing, but at least he now knows he can get a balance with those three. And if it comes to it, say McNair does have to play centre half at some point or Thompson is out, you're playing that late home on Monday. You know, I'd have no problem throwing that, that midfield back in. In terms of the selection other than that um were you surprised not to see bradley i thought this would really be the game for him and i certainly thought he'd come on um i can't really think of a reason other than you know the fact that he is young and he has a rick in him and that was one of the reasons i thought uh don't do jamal lewis because from a tactical point of view it made sense but from you know he's the one player who's sort of most likely to make a mistake especially his, his confidence is shot at him and he's not playing a club level uh, but maybe it was the same sort of idea with Bradley. You know, he's he's a bit mad. He flew into a tackle in the League Cup as, as good as he's been, gave away a penalty. Um, it could have been a case of that. But were you disappointed not to see him from the start? And, I was. And, I was. And I, I guess just just the other the other question was is how would do you think Dallas and McCann and Davis would have functioned in that same midfield? Do you think they could have made it work? Well, I was I was very very disappointed. I have to be honest. Um, and I'm very, I'm even I was very disappointed he didn't start. But when I saw that he wasn't starting, I was almost sure he would get on the field mm-hmm. you know um I, I i would love an explanation as to why i don't but i don't i don't think there is a logical explanation as to why he has done really well in the opportunities he's had he's the future for us this is a game where i know people are saying and and, and barcliffe strangely said about coefficient and all that mm-hmm. um but just I, fact, I, as far as i'm understanding we're already seated for the um the, the Nations League draw proceeded so, up to 2026, mate. The FIFA World Rankings right. don't come into play until that the, right. so, the next World Cup. So I didn't understand that. But but even if that had come into play, I I, I don't think playing Connor Bradley, who has impressed me, yeah. and it's only going to grow through playing, is going to cost you a game at home. Yeah, per it's that paranoid conservative mindset, you know, that Connor Bradley, if I throw Connor Bradley in, he's going to mess things up for me, and we might get it. Yeah. You know, don't but, think but why, like that. Well, what are you basing that upon? Like, what? Yeah. what, what you know, what has he shown us? All right, he might have given away a penalty for Liverpool. I didn't actually even honestly know that. Um, but, you know, what defender doesn't give away a penalty, you mm-hmm. know, in, in the course of their career? Um, but anyway, what, what are we basing that upon that he would he would cost us a game or we would be paranoid about? Because, you know, it's, he's just been a positive for me. And, he you know, he's been an attacking positive, but he's also been disciplined. Um, he will make mistakes. There's no problem. But, but you know, I'd certainly rather have given him 90 minutes tonight or 60 minutes tonight than, than maybe throwing him in against Italy. You know, then, then you are throwing the kid under the bus, perhaps. You'd rather probably have a Stuart Dallas there against Italy, you know, a Premier League established player. Yeah. Um, so that that's what I mean. That's why I felt tonight's a bit of missed, missed opportunity in, in general. You know, with, with you know, you can't see him putting Galbraith on again on they will learn from being around a squad, but you know, they need to be on the you need to be on the pitch. Um, no, I was really, really disappointed about Bradley. Um, and I, I just I just think it sends I don't know if it sends a message, but to me, it kind of he he was good. He's been good in every other game. So, so for, what's the reason why he doesn't get on the pitch against a against a weak opportunity, a weak weak team where he can get some confidence? Yeah, I don't know how other supporters think, but certainly how we all think on this podcast is, you know, if he throws Connor Bradley in the right wing back on Monday night against Italy and he gets tortured and we get beat five nil, I'm not going to give Barclough stick for that. No. You know, that's the last thing I'd give Barclough stick for. Um, and I wonder if. It's hard to know, it's hard to see in the sort of his mindset and and how he was thinking in tonight's game. I mean, the talk was that the contract was signed, it was all done, it didn't matter about the game. Yeah. But I found it personally interesting that they they left it until after this. And I wonder if they lost, would there have been a change of heart? Um, but well, supposedly they didn't. Supposedly it's with his solicitors for him to sign, and and supposedly the result tonight yes. had no bearing. Yeah, well, that that's what I heard. If, if it's with the solicitors, then yeah, maybe maybe that is that is fair enough. Maybe I'm just being a little bit cynical. But I wonder from his point of view, even if he, he is in the job in terms of winning over the supporters. I mean, I don't think he's won over anyone tonight. I don't think he's lost anyone tonight, as I think we've seen, or as, as I think I said at the start of the podcast. But I think 
for him to get that win over Lithuania. We all knew Italy could go out and beat us 5-0 on Monday night. We all know that could happen. And I don't think any of us would be massively shocked if Italy do do a number on us. I mean, I'm personally no. hopeful that the crowd can get up for it and we can give them a bit of a game. And it's funny enough, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the other result. Italy drew one all with, with Switzerland. Yeah, so, yeah. so Switzerland are going to beat Bulgaria at home. So Italy need to beat us um, and may actually need to beat us by a couple of goals. So, Lovely. you know... I, if I'm Barclough, I'm, I'm looking into the calculations of that and I'm doing the maths around that because, you know, um, that could but become see, very you interesting. See, you see, what you said there is right because I will make no... I, I, you know, my judgment on Barclough has, is made... I would make no judgment on him based on an Italy game yeah. if we lose 6-0, 7-0, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's tonight... It, I don't think you, we will I lose 6 by the way. Just to be clear, like, I don't think we will lose six 0 I think we'll. No, I don't either. I don't either. You know, I, I think we'll. I think we'll make it a difficult game for them. Um, but anyway, no, I'm judging an Ireland manager on games I got tonight. When we're at home against weaker opposition, where we should be taking the game to them, we should be trying to give players a chance, and we should be putting in a performance. I'm not judging it on Italy, you know. And if if he goes out there and loses to Italy, that's that's to be expected, you know. So. This this was a night to play to play your Bradleys and stuff. Yeah, you know it, it. It makes no sense to me to 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 be you know almost conservative tonight, mm-hmm. which well, I which I view was. I I do agree with you, and that's something that's kind of been a theme across this podcast. But I think we do have to give him credit for doing Taylor. I was buzzing that he did Taylor. Um, I wonder is it a message sent out to kind of your Jordan Joneses who's not playing at club level, your Gavin White who's gone down a league and hasn't exactly torn it up for Oxford United this season. I wonder, is it a bit of a message to them? Because, you know, on paper, they would be higher up in the hierarchy. You'd expect them to come on. You'd maybe even expect them to offer a little bit more. Um, and I think Taylor, not that he gets lost in it a little bit after this first couple of minutes, but I just think we're at that point in the game where our legs have gone uh, in terms of like a, a pressing and a, a keeping that intensity up point of view that Taylor was always going to be a little bit of isolated. And to be fair, there was there wasn't yeah. like a any uh, passes up to him that I thought he could have done better with. He gets stuck in at one point. Uh, I thought he was going to have a shot. He bottled it a little bit, didn't he? But um, yeah. I, think he, I think he thought better of it. But it reminded me that kind of couple of minutes of Taylor there was when Lavery first broke into the, the Northern Ireland team after he had that amazing European run with Linfield. Um, and I remember there was a game, I don't even if you remember, we played Luxembourg in a friendly, very similar to tonight, actually, in the sense we won 1-0 and uh, yeah. it was an own goal. But Lavery came on and it was a dead, dead game. It was really bad. It was, that was our last home win, actually. They were saying I, that, that I heard them. I heard them saying that. Yeah, we, we were really, really bad. And Lavery comes on with about twenty minutes and immediately chases somebody into the corner and wins it off them against the odds and fires a shot into the side net. And it just got the crowd massively up for it. And the crowd had taken a little bit of a lull, understandably, with the way the context of the game was going. But Taylor came on and gave us that for a bit. And it's it's really interesting that he's given him seventeen minutes. Yes, he may be making a point, as I've said. Um, yes, you know, Taylor ha- is exciting and he's done well, but ultimately if he didn't trust him to go on and, uh, and, perf- and, and carry out the instructions that he needed from a striker at that point, which is still important in that game, he certainly wouldn't have given him as long as he did. So fair play to him for that, I guess. No, definitely. No, definitely. I mean, I, you know, all credit for him. I, you know, credit, credit to him for, for having him in the squad in the first place, you yeah. know, at this age, um, and having, he's not, he's not actually played a first team game at first. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's good. It's it's showing that you know there is a future. There is there is something to get excited about. And and then to put him on the field, yeah, it's great. Um, I, I do wonder if he had you know a couple couple more. He didn't have a lot striker wise on the bench, but yes, he could have gone with Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, definitely, it's definitely it's definitely a credit, and it does it gives everyone a lift. I think it gives the players a lift. It's almost like when Bradley came on against Switzerland, you know, yeah. and gets stuck in. It's okay. it, it reminds me as well, although he, he disappeared off the scene really. But when Paul Smith came on this mm-hmm. in his debut, scored the goal. Um, even Gavin White when he when he came on scored it was Israel, I think it was. Yeah. Um, you know, it it, it gives everyone a list, and it you know it maybe does give someone a kick up the arse that that needs it. Um, I thought Taylor was good. He came on with the right attitude. He came on to just go for it. Yeah. Um, I think maybe he needs to chill out a bit on the. I'm going to break David Healy's record. I mean, it's it's, ah, yeah. it's, it's, it's good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good thing to, to to maybe have a personal goal of it. But you know, before you've kicked the ball, I don't know if it's necessarily the right thing to be saying. Mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, although you know, different players have different mentalities, I suppose. Yeah. But yes, I'm I'm with you. Um, I sort of think get a couple of international goals under your belt. I don't like players who talk too much. But listen, if you can back it up. Then. One uh, one player that I think I think we missed out talking about that I, I, I think I think it's missed out a lot and I think has never let Northern Ireland down 
but actually had a really good game tonight, yeah. Shane Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought Shane was really, really good, especially, again, the team team in the first half was better. So especially in the first half, I thought he was excellent. Um, I sort of questioned at the start. I was like, oh, why, you know, why is, why is he pl- playing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but when I really, you know, when, when I think that, I think it was wrong. Um, I think, I think um, you know, Lewis isn't playing at club level. And if I'm honest, I think Lewis, Lewis will be good. But, you know, he's a car crash waiting to happen every <laughs> defensively in mm-hmm. every game um but obviously I he has, he has myself when he, uh, that player went down there I was convinced Jamal had uh, yeah yeah well that's a prime example to me but it's also yeah. kind of dribbling out with the ball and losing it in the, in the midfield and mm-hmm. you know but um but anyway on the Shane I think it's crossing it's brilliant you know and and you know one, one always has think, been to be fair I think yeah. just part of the thing with him is just kind of the the physicality and he's a, he's a really really wee lad and you know International teams can expose that. They can get overloads on his side. But I think in a in a 3-5-2, that, that kind of lessens it a little bit. But it was interesting. You know, I, I always think about this. I remember Klopp, um, when he sent Takumi Minamino out in Loon last season, he, he talked about height from defensive set pieces. And, he, you know, they needed that bit more height. And there's all these sort of things that you never think managers... Yeah. Well, well managers think of it. But we never think of it. We never no. think, how what's our average height of our team for a set piece? And especially for Lithuania. But... Um, I was disappointed to see him. I do not see Lewis. I mean, I I know I, I probably believe in him a little bit, a little bit more. Not not believe in him a little bit more than you, but right now I, I'm I'm a little bit more lenient with with some of the mistakes he made a little yeah. bit more than you. What, what? Um, am I being really stupid here? Uh, usually. Yeah. What? Why was Lewis not? No, because he missed the Bulgaria game. Sorry, I was thinking, why was Lewis not suspended for tonight? Yeah, no, no, I'll let yeah. that one out. <laughs> the one thing, yeah, the one, the one thing that I wanted to say was I, I was on the Bulgaria game with with uh, you um, and who else was somebody else? Uh, Craig wasn't it? Craig was almost that's right. Um, and the one thing that I, once once it was over, I was thinking, you know, we were all in a negative mood, and there was one thing that I I meant to highlight, and it was Shane Ferguson as well. Um, in terms of, do, do you remember? Early on in the game, I know we're going back last month, but yeah, do you remember early on ball. he put in a wonderful ball and McNair missed the sitter at yeah. the back post? But like yeah. that ball was just world class, like yeah, you know. And and when I think, you know, I, when I think to Shane, Shane, he's never let us down. You know, mm-hmm. he he always turns up for squads. Um, you know, despite the fact that he might not be guaranteed any game time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he has quality, and he has quality with with a free kick. He has quality with his crossing. You know, so so I was really pleased with him, and I thought he deserves a mention. Yeah, no, I thought he did really well, and he'll be lost in it because you know performances like McCann, and you 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 can have like a contextual narrative man of the match sometimes with players mm-hmm. like McCann when, as you say, the likes of Davis and all always turn up and always give that level of performance. Uh, we ha- we held him to higher standard, and I think with Shane Ferguson, nobody's overly excited about him. He's in his thirties now; he's not going to be playing for yeah. us in. in you know, he's, he's not going to improve on his level that much and that can in, impact how we talk about him or how much we talk about him. But yeah, definitely fair play. He came on tonight. He's never let us down. Probably hasn't had the international career that we would have expected when he was coming through at Newcastle and he goes up yeah. to Rangers and does really well. And we really thought he was this this superstar. He's ended up being a backup left back and he's, he's you know, he's over 50 caps now. Um, and he's some he's, he's some great moments in a, in a Northern Ireland shirt. Um. One thing I just wanted to slightly touch on before we do some comments is we've talked a little bit about McGuinness. Um, and I think it's interesting in terms of the striker debate that we always do. I think the thing we've always said was pre-Lavery, all of our strikers were able to score goals at League One level. And then when they went up to the championship, they, they weren't able to do so well. And that has been true with Connor Washington when he's gone up. Even mm-hmm. with Josh McGuinness this season, I think he's got two, maybe three goals. But he right. certainly hasn't um, set the world on fire, and he gets twenty League One goals last season, which was is is as good a return as we've had from any of our strikers. Um, even you know better than Charles, who everyone wanted in the squad. Josh McGuinness did outscore him last season, and I wonder is there a thing against these pop four sides, against these pop five time, uh, against these pop five sides in League C, as we're going to come on to talk about in the Nations League, when these teams are probably League One level and below. If Josh McGuinness is a twenty goal striker and those twenty goal a season striker against those level of teams. You know, we may not want to see it. It may not be that exciting, but it may be the right thing to do to just have him up there and and worry about who plays with him. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I could I could definitely see why why someone would say that. The thing with Josh is he needs he needs some. The, the days of playing Josh by himself are oh, yeah. need to be gone. He cannot play by himself. He needs to be with someone. Although that seems to be now Barclough's way where he will. Yeah, play I think he knows that. Yeah, I think um, knows you know, that. and when he when he played at Switzerland and he wanted to play one up, you know, he didn't play Josh. Um, so. 
so that's good. Um, no, I, I can see why. The, the thing with Josh is, you know, his work rate's brilliant. He can bring others into play. His touch can let him down from time to time. But, I mean, that's why he's League One as opposed to anywhere yeah. higher. Um, but the, the thing that worries me is, as well as he played tonight, you don't really feel like he's... I mean, how often do you think he's going to get you a goal, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, no completely. And he, he misses a couple of chances tonight. But... Um... You know, we'll see in that one. He's he's funny enough. He's only a couple of goals away from being our third top goal scorer of all time in the league. Is he really? The the other thing is, and that will be a big personal thing for him. We know he loves playing for his country. He puts everything into it, and he'll have a look at teams like Gibraltar and the Faroe Islands and think if I can get six games against them, I can get my goal tally up. I just think pace. I think those those type of defenders will really struggle with pace, yeah. as Lithuania United did when we played it yeah. away. You know, so I think that's such a key thing. We absolutely, you know, safe. every every time Lavery's played and he's done really well, we've always said the striker next to him has done well. And to be fair, McGuinness hasn't really had that chance to play with Lavery yet. So we'll true, see if that's true. something he we'll see if that's something he does. Um, um, I thought we should. I thought we should touch. We haven't actually touched on the three disallowed goals. Your thoughts on those? I thought the second one probably. It, it, I mean, I, I don't actually remember seeing a proper replay of it. I don't know if it was on there. I I, I thought it was. He probably just did give him a bit of a nudge. I'm probably going to have a bit of an unpopular opinion on the first one and that I think I can see why he has disallowed a, it. I agree with you. Yeah. If I had gone in the other end, I'd be screaming for yeah. to be disallowed. I, don't, I, I understand that he moves away from it, but I think the fact that McGuinness is there and the keeper can't see whether McGuinness is offside. The keeper's watching the ball. The keeper's yeah. watching Ali McCann. And I think the fact that, you know, even though he doesn't, McGuinness could put out a leg there and turn that the other way into the net and therefore to probably me, does affect yeah. how he dives. To me... He's trying to move away from it, but the fact that he makes a movement just as the ball's there in front of the keeper yeah. will make the keeper maybe distracted by his movement. So yeah, yeah I, I, I would I would be I'd be very annoyed if that was given against Northern Ireland, put it that way. Yeah, and I think you see from McGuinness's reaction, they had the, the camera from behind the railway stand, and you saw from McGuinness's reaction, like he knew straight away he was yeah. wagging the finger at the referee as if and you just yeah. you knew he uh, he was almost pleading guilty at that point. Uh, what will we do? Will we do this before we do the comments? Yes, I think we will. Um, because you wanted to touch on what is, I think, quite a, a pertinent point. And it seemed at times tonight with McNair, Cathcart, and 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 Evans, all three of them were were maybe not needed. I know there's mitigating circumstances around Paddy McNair at centre half in the sense that he's half defender, half midfielder, half winger. Mm. He's sort of everyone who's doing those overlapping runs. And I think that mm. that is a real benefit for us in, uh, in doing that. And I think Daniel Ballard can do a bit of that as well when he's playing. So when he comes back into the squad, this could be a thing as well. But ultimately, you know, it stops a McNair getting in midfield, getting further forward. It may stop, uh, you know, the likes of a Stuart Dallas. Are you going to play him at right back? Maybe you're going to, you play Bradley there and play Dallas further forward. It stops a lot of our really good footballers getting up the pitch a little bit more and in league c where we have to win our group and where we will be favorites to win our group unless we draw greece which is a bit of a, a mad one that they're in pot two because they're actually quite good but everyone else is dreadful um do we need the do we need to go three at the back or do you think he needs to go a little bit like what michael did and pick and choose and be flexible with it which we haven't really seen from barcliffe he seems to be really kneeling down in this three five two yeah, the only the only time I can think of was I think in Estonia didn't he play forward the back? Um, but I yeah. think that's the only time. Um, yeah, no, I think I think he needs to be he needs to be flexible. That's what he needs to do. Um, I think at home to you know at home to Bulgaria when we played Bulgaria at home we didn't we don't need it. I think at home tonight we don't need it. I think I think of course anyone can look at the game and go well they had chances you do need it. But you know by us playing that way they're inevitably going to have more chances because we have less taking the game to them. Um, no, it's something that I really, I, I mean, some of our great performances under Michael were four three three, and I think we need we need to have. Does he have, have that? Good... Does he have that Jamie Ward player on the wing that he trusts? I don't think he trusts White and Jones. Is my thing on it? I don't think he's gonna no. play Niall McGinn in these games from the start. Certainly not all of them, and that's the issue. Does he have? You know, three five two. He has his set players in those positions. It may not be the best thing tactically for every game, but he trusts everyone to carry out those roles. I don't know if he trusts two wingers in our squad to do that. No, but he's never going to find out unless he does it. Yeah. Is he? You know, and it is is tonight, it, for example, not a prime prime chance to do that. You know, I to be honest with you, do do I think I trust Jordan Jones in that role totally? No, I don't think no. I do. Um, I don't know if I trust we, White in it either against pack defenses. To be honest, no, no. But we, but, but I'm not necessarily saying it needs to happen for ninety minutes all the time. But maybe maybe if you're if you're losing your way after sixty in a, in a game like that, could you not try it then for for the last half an hour or yeah. for twenty minutes or for whatever? Um, 
you know, I, I, I really, I really, you know, if we were playing, I mean, you were mentioning what San Marino and stuff could be in our league too. Uh, I think San Marino were in D, but there is oh, Gibraltar, Faroe Islands, well, Macedonia. You know, if we're having Gibraltar come to Windsor, you know, don't we need three centre backs? Yeah. You know, well, no is the answer. Yeah. Um. So I think we can be a lot more on the front foot, and I, I, no, I think, I think what I'm asking for is a little bit of flexibility. You know, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing it because it, it has its good points, and I think it, you know, it will benefit. I think it would benefit a Connor Bradley type yeah. player. And you Lewis. know, there's no doubt, and and Lewis absolutely, and Lewis, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, if if Dallas is playing at fullback, it, it benefits him as well. Yeah. Um. But but no, I I would definitely like to like to see us trying to go. You know, I think it it it's stretch. You know, especially when teams are coming and they're packing things in. If yeah. we're then able to stretch the play, we better make the field a bit bigger. You know. And it's interesting as well because we we do have two friendlies in March before we play any Nations League games. So oh, is that right? Ways formation, yeah. There, there's an international break in March. I think there's that will be when the World Cup playoffs are, but we'll have to play two friendlies in those. Yeah. FIFA rules. People always lose their heads over the FIFA rules. Mean you have to the new ranking system. I'm not going to get into it because I'm a nerd about it. But you have to play the same. Uh, you have to play the same amount of games as everyone else. So that's why we were having to play friendlies in between double headers when other teams were playing triple headers. Um, let's do some Facebook comments. Uh, we'll do Twitter first, actually, because I'm on it. Uh, Gavin Bird says, you might have negative comments to this question on Facebook and Twitter are depressing. I thought we were fine tonight. Looked motivated when it w- would have been easy to have had none. Yes, it was only 1-0, but we were dominant and in control at all times, onwards and upwards. Stuart Williams says, McCann is a positive. We created a decent amount of chances in the first half and should have scored 2-3-4. What is Barclough saying at halftime? Poor intensity, missed out on all second balls after halftime. I think that's a good point. I'm, I'm not sure if it's anything other than the legs went, but he, he talked about playing a team that um was, and it's pretty much, yeah. And he said it was a team that had been playing football all season, so that shouldn't really be an excuse. And maybe that's a fair point from Shirt. Uh, Jamie says, to feel that 11 and have it finish 1 0 is a bit disappointed. Really dead campaign. The second half shakiness doesn't indicate that the next one's going to be any better. Peter Shirt, far too many players reluctant to hit a shot over passing when we get around the box. Stuart Pierce, not that one, says we've beaten an awful team 1-0. It just lacks something, not much excitement. You'd almost give Taylor a go against the Italians because he might just give us something different up front. It was okay, but wasn't much better than that. Stephen Patterson, second half was effing horrific. Um, Adam, brutal second half. McCann's a player uh, and the defense was solid. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Ryan Adams giving a shout for the atmosphere at Windsor. Being great tonight. Um, just a similar theme coming through it good first half bad second says mr thomas charlie davis said felt very labored felt very barraclough lack of control uh in the second half evident again crowd very subdued so a bit of uh, uh a couple of different points around the crowd i thought the crowd were all right tonight um to be fair um does it saying, does it concern you does it concern you you know that we were good first half in bulgaria and we disappeared and then it's happened again tonight or do you think it's just two games in isolation I just think there's always going to be periods of game, no matter who you're playing, unless you're playing somebody like San Marino, where you're going to have the ball the whole time. If you're playing like even a semi-decent European nation, there's a couple of these players playing SPL um, for Lithuania tonight. I think they're always going to have a spell. And I think we just need to get a little bit better at riding out that spell, being a bit more streetwise, you know, knowing when to take 20 seconds of a throw in. Well, maybe not actually. That's a bad example. Uh, 20 <laughs> seconds of a goal kick. Um, slowing things down a little bit. Steve Davis putting the foot in the ball is big for that. You know, I thought Davis really poor in Bulgaria, but really good tonight. Um, things like that just to you know game management really because yeah. teams will always have a spell and you need to know how to write it out and you know defensively individually they could all be better um and uh tonight's not a great uh sample size it's not a, it's not a great game for a sample is it because they weren't very good i think what i think it was james i think i, I might be wrong but i think it was james's comment you read there that's what that's what i meant by missed opportunity for barclough you know, the campaign's been poor, but, you know, we can have campaign, poor campaigns, but tonight was his chance to give us an idea that something's going to be better. I don't feel like he did it. No, fair enough. I'm not even going to go through the Facebook comments because they're dead negative, and we could stick on the last podcast for being too negative, didn't we? So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go on. Um, we'll do it like in a little bit, but uh, you watched the under 21 today. I was uh, at work, so I haven't seen any of it. I saw McCallum get two, Paul O'Neill gets one, and Chris Con Clark, who's had a few games for Fleetwood this season, mm-hmm. gets one. It's looking like a strong under 21 squad. There are a couple of poor results in the last campaign, but an emphatic win over Lithuania, which more than can be said about the seniors. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say is I was really, really pleased to finally have them back on because they were on so much last campaign and then suddenly these games weren't on and you weren't able to see them. And I really enjoy being able to see what's coming and, you know, look at them. Um, I thought it was a really good performance. Um, the all, with, with that said, the opposition were 
pretty crap, I have to be honest. Um, they actually started the game better. Um, had a couple of shots from range. They had the wind. You see, it was very, very windy. And in the first half, we were really against the wind. And they had two, two in the first maybe five minutes, the two um, shots, one that smashed the post um, and the one that just went wide. But other than that, the whole game, they didn't really offer a whole lot. But um, positive for Northern Ireland, there, there were quite a few. Um I thought that uh, I thought Kofi Bammer, although we defensively didn't have to do a lot, I thought he was solid. You know, he organised. He's been a lot of games before. Big lad too. I've watched him any time I've watched him play for Lauren as well. He's looked really good. Is he Lauren now? Yeah, I think he was Lauren last time I watched him. Yeah. Yeah, I watched him play. I mean, to be fair, I've only watched him a couple of times this season for Lyon, but I watched him play against Linfield a few weeks ago and he was good. Um, but uh, I think he's go across the water. You know, yeah. he's only twenty one as well, and he he, ca- he actually captained them today as well. Um, so that okay. was good. Um, but um, I thought Trey Hume was really, really good. Yeah, another one. He's really good. Gonna go He's going to go water. across the water. Yeah. Um, our, I mean, I think our, our problem, as, as they said in commentary, I think it was Bobby Burns doing the commentary, uh, co commentary. And he actually said, you know, it's typical Northern Ireland because we, you know, with Bradley coming through, Trey Hume's coming through. And, yeah. I, and I know that Saldi bid for him in, in August and so yeah, did uh, a couple right. of the other teams. Um, you know, and they're both in the same position. And then we actually also have a fellow who was injured but came off the bench today who's at Wolves and doing really well at right back for their reserves. Jack Scott. Jack Scott. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. remember his name there. Um, so it's just they're all in the same position. Yeah. Um, but Although real Scott's like a, a converted winger, isn't he? So, right. Yeah, you're right. We're going to have the same problems with, as Scotland have with Robertson and Tierney and Rangers have with Tavernier and Patterson, and, aren't we? Like? Yeah. Um, but no, but in general, in the game, um, you know, there was there, there was nobody in the team that played poorly. But I mean, McCallum absolutely ran the game. You know, again, well, I wanted to touch on that with you because in the couple of games I watched last year, uh, when it was like a Galbraith who was really showing mm-hmm. himself in these games, when I think even Jake Dunwoody came in, he, he was a bit older, and maybe that showed he's him. Been great. Yeah, um, I think he, I think he's he's playing over in Finland now. Maybe his contract yeah. ran out there. Yeah. Um, so he was really good, but I was always and, and McCallum was playing at the time. He always impressed, and I was always like, thought McCallum went a little bit missing. I was always I was looking for those three or four. I would agree with that. And McCallum was always the one who wasn't impressed me as much. And I was always saying like he's he's massively rated at club level, and um, you know he's obviously a really good player. And I wasn't it wasn't a big sample size. I was watching just mm-hmm. you know, the odd under twenty ones game I could, but he really feels like he's taking these games by the scruff of the neck now. Maybe with Galbraith up to the seniors, he has that extra responsibility in the squad. And today I heard he was close to a hat trick and, you know, um, playing, and this will be his second season in, in senior football, playing up at League One, getting starts there. Um, and somebody who I was maybe slightly surprised not to see in the seniors, but they seem to be just taking it in turns, don't they? Yeah, well, I was I, I was surprised as not seeing him and, and I would have liked to see him. In, but I mean, you know, you can't have all these players in at once. You know what I mean? Yeah. And who, who does miss out? Then you yeah. go back to that. Is it Savile? Who is it? Um, but the one thing that I, I would agree with you, I thought when Galbraith was in there, I always noticed Galbraith being really, really good and things. And McCallum was there, but he didn't really stand out. But yeah. today, he was the player who's played for the senior side that's that's come back down, and he was the big fish, and he really looked at you know he 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 just he ran the game. Um, he was box to box. He scored two. Um, you know, could have could have scored again probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was really really tidy on the ball. He was getting into the tackle really well. Um, he he was getting back. No, he just organized. He just ran the whole game. His touch was good. Um, you know, and actually. I don't know. I as I, same as yourself. I've only seen him, you know, in the other twenty ones and bits and pieces. And mm-hmm. I didn't think that he was as attacking as he was today. Yeah. And I don't know if that's partly because of the um because of the opposition and all that as well. But, but he got ten goals last season in League Two. It was well, a really good then, return, you know. You know? But, but I think he, he was playing more defensively. I think eight of those were outside the box. You know. Yeah. He, yeah. No. And he was really, he was really, you know, he was running the ball, laying it off, making a, you know, continuing his run, you know, coming, sort of arriving late into the box. Yeah. As well. Box to box, isn't it? Um, yeah. He was box to box. Yeah. Definitely. But, you know, he, he almost looked today that he could, he could play box to box. He, he looks good because he could play box to box. He could play defensive or he could be, he looked at me like he could almost be a number 10 there as well today. Um, so, no, he was really, really, really good. Um, and then there was, there's a shout out, definite shout out who it, he, Although Galbraith, or sorry, although McCormack um, got two, I would almost give man of the match. It, it would be, I mean, I suppose if player scores two and plays well, he's going to get man of the match. Yeah. Um, but Paddy Lane, um, yeah. who I mean, he was absolutely, he was he was playing left wing back, but I mean, with how offensively where he basically was playing left left wing or left yeah. forward, um, he was superb. He really was. I mean, his delivery, he was taking on a man and beating them continually. Yeah. Um, getting good as well. His passing was good. Yeah, apparently he hasn't played yet this season. Um, we were saying no. Lane's played a few games now. 
Lane's right. started a couple, yeah. It might be one or the other. We've got about six or seven lads at Fleetwood, but Lane's um, yeah. Lane scored a couple of goals actually this season. All right, okay. Um, no, he looked he looked really really good. I, I he's not a player that I knew a whole lot about. I have to be honest. Um, he's only recently he's only recently um, what's the word defected? I no. <laughs> defected. Yeah, <laughs> be like that's I'm a negative. Sure that's term. quite the word. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, okay. So he's um, he's only recently, but he he was really really good. Um, and he, he I mean he we got a penalty for our second goal, which Paul O'Neill took yeah. well. But he should have had a penalty in the second half. I mean, he skinned the fell and was brought down, and the referee was standing six yards away and waved it away as if he died. But it was a stonewall penalty. Um, so no, he really 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 impressed me. Um, there wasn't there wasn't many that didn't. And then um, who's the other Falcon Fleet who scored the last goal? Uh, Con Clark. Con Clark, uh, he came on and um, he looked really tidy. Came on, free kick was a really good goal, so you should have a should have a look at it. I was actually um, McCalmont was pretty pissed off actually. He's a free kick. He can take a good free kick. Yeah, he can. Inside yeah. the box, and I was saying, oh, he should be letting he should be letting McCalmont. He's on a hat trick. Yeah. And then I certainly shut my mouth about thirty seconds <laughs> later when it was in the bottom corner. So no, it was really it was a really good you know calm steady composed performance knocking the ball around really well as well and you know they, had, they didn't start the campaign well at all um so yeah. it was really good well, to they're see playing them. malta aren't they on, on i think it's tuesday. monday or tuesday. It's tuesday um and malta beat them 4-1 last uh, you know a couple of months yeah. ago so that'll be a good Which, indicator of how far yeah. they've come they're very disappointed with uh, supposedly and apparently 4-1 wasn't a wasn't a real reflection of the game yeah. so they seem they seem from interviews and stuff have seen the same really keen to um, Get that right, to, yeah. to to better that the one thing that I'll, I'll, I'll again give Mark praise for I know we're him rabbiting on a bit here but um, mm-hmm. he had them training together uh, the first on the 21s the other day which yeah. is really good to bring okay I didn't in. realize that um, yeah I didn't until they, they did an interview with their 21s manager uh, Schofield uh, at halftime yeah um, and he was saying about it and how the players really learned from it and enjoyed it so yeah and it was really good and then there were without a couple of players McLeod and stuff was injured yeah um, so you know, no, it was really good, really good performance, and there's definitely players there. It's just obviously you're judging at the level, and it's 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 a big step up, isn't it? So, yeah, no, massively it is. Um, let's talk a little bit about Italy. Um, first of all, how comfortable are you about potentially taking points off them and qualifying Switzerland for the World Cup? <laughs> well, throw the towel in now. Um, uh, well. Yeah, I know. Now you think about it, it would be a lovely way to get a revenge in Switzerland. I hadn't actually yeah. thought of that, but no, I mean, I just, I just want Northern Ireland, no, to, Northern Ireland to do well. Tongue in cheek, um, but um, but in terms of that game, it's hard to know what he does now. I mean, if Thompson's back, I maybe expect him to come in, but I wouldn't expect him to really be too many more changes for that game. I would not be averse to seeing Connor Bradley. Um, up uh, at wing back, I would not be averse either to seeing something different up front. Although I don't think he's going to do it, I think he's probably just going to go with the same eleven, and depending on whether Thompson's fit or not, and, and Ballard as well might come back in, but nothing surprising certainly. You'd, you'd be surprised probably if Paddy McNair is fit after going holding his hamstring. Well, that's a good point actually. Yeah. Um, but I mean, from that midfield three, then I I thought they were tidy, and I I wouldn't change them, um, yeah. no matter who's there fit because they didn't do a thing wrong, and you know. Yeah, and Stavros is a little bit more reliable, isn't he? Against against a team like Italy, in the in terms of he does a very disciplined role there, and discipline's not really uh, something we associate with Thompson. Although he does a very <laughs> good disciplined performance against Switzerland, and he deserves yeah. credit for that, and maybe he deserves credit to uh, you know the opportunity to build on that. It's not something we'd really associate. So it just kind of depends. And Thompson's an always option off the bench, isn't he? If you're a goal down, you need some more from your midfield. Yeah, I mean Corey would do you would do your discipline performance too yeah. if you needed it in there. But um, I I see no reason in that. You know, I wouldn't have actually picked that midfield tonight. You know, mm-hmm. so it shows you I'm a hypocrite. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily change it. Um, he, he I mean, does, the only way I would change Davis, it, McCann Evans actually in Italy, doesn't he? He does yeah. Evans in Italy and hooks yeah. him at half time. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering the only way, the only way I would potentially change it is if you've got Paddy McNair fit, you've got Ballard fit, then I'd probably put McNair into the midfield and then I'd, I'd play Ballard at the back. Yeah. And and for this game, I would go three, you know, three at the centre backs definitely. Yeah. And I, I think he'd probably, I think he'd probably do that as well. Like if he's got Ballard, Cathcart, and Evans, and McNair fit, he's gonna play them all. They're they're four of our better players. Do you um, do Shane? Do you do Shane or do you do Lewis? Um, probably Shane Ferguson to be honest. Yeah, me after too. Tonight, I'm happy enough to do Shane. Um, yeah, throwing Lewis in after you've dropped him for this game, dropped, rested, whatever, not getting enough football. Um, against Italy, you're gonna, you know, if you they did say it was a doubt, they did say in commentary that he was a doubt. Who's uh, this? Lewis? Uh, Jamal. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. 
fair enough if that's the case. I would have thought, you know, if he was going to... He gives Lewis quite a bit of time, so I assume he, he could have done more than that. But I think if, if, especially the fact that Lewis hasn't been playing for Newcastle mm-hmm. this season, if he was going to throw him in against Italy, he would give him Lithuania to kind of get 90 minutes in his legs or get 70 minutes in his legs, whatever yeah. the sports science said. So I'd be surprised if he did anything else there. The only other one's a goalkeeper, and I don't think he's going to throw the goalkeeper in against the European champions. No, tonight's the night I would have done it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think as, as Dave made a good point in the pre-match podcast, um, I think, you know, Peacock Farrell will want that and deserve that and does not deserve to be dropped for a game against the, the European champions. You know, these no, 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 no. I, I listen, I obviously listen to the podcast, and I mean, I understand why you would say that, but you know, I pick a team purely on merit. And yeah, if it at the time deserved it, I know, I know he's been good for us in the past. Right now, he hasn't done anything to deserve yeah, to yeah. be dropped. But what I'm saying is, if he had of just because he's played well for us before, and if somebody put it this way, if somebody better comes along, you know, if Dale yeah. Taylor came in and scored a hat trick tonight or something, then he yeah. deserves to play no matter who's yeah. done what in the past. Well, it's interesting, probably in club form, Southwood deserves it, but in international form, Peacock Farrell deserve, doesn't deserve to be dropped. And yeah. you would have to think about, you know, is Southwood going to be massively pissed off if he doesn't play either game? No, no he's probably going to be fine with it. He's probably, probably going to understand that if we're six games into the Nations League and two friendlies and he's played only one or two, then yes. But right now, the easier thing to do, and probably the less dangerous thing to do, because, you know, what does it do to Peacock Farrell who's thinking, well, I've done brilliantly. I've made two penalty saves. I've won us points in this group. And, you know, Without a worse off keeper who wasn't making those big saves, how many points would we have in this group? Definitely. No, I mean, he definitely he definitely deserves it. I'm just saying, yeah. if somebody better comes along in the future for any position, then so be it. No, completely. Who was your man of the match? Um, my man of the match was Steve Davis. Steve Davis. Okay, I put forward Shirt Dallas, Ali McCann, Josh McGinnis, and Steve Davis. Uh, Dallas got 2%, McGinnis 12%, Steve Davis 28%, Ali McCann 58%. I do agree with that. I thought Ali McCann was super tonight. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether that's a bit more of a narrative man of the match, as I've said before, contextual man of the match, because there wasn't much between them, in my yeah. opinion. I just, yeah, yeah, I just think we've got a, a, a sweet, sweet footballer there. Although I would have had Shane in ahead of Dallas in there and four if you asked I thought me. Dallas was really good, actually. And I think well, I thought more, he was good as well. I think I just, maybe he's another one who maybe we, we just expect that from him as well. But yeah, Twitter's mm. annoying, you only allowed four of them. Um, and there's always people giving me sticks, so don't you pile on in as well, please. <laughs> um, anyway, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. I've really enjoyed that. A pleasure. Uh, thank you very much to you guys for listening as well. We will be back after post. Uh, uh, we will be back post the Italy game. So thank you very much for listening. See you next time. Bye bye.